Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I'm glad you're here too. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we have to come together in your house this morning. I ask that you open our ears that we may hear and our eyes that we may see all the things that you have for us. Watch over us as we go through this service this morning. Be with us. Bring peace to our hearts. Bring comfort to us. As we praise the name of God, we give joy and happiness to him. Father, just keep us that way. Watch over us and let us go through it in the right manner. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. It's good to be here. It's good to be here this morning. Is that better? I went dead. I'll speak up. How's that? All right. It's good to be here this morning. Glad everybody got to come. Glad everybody got to be here today. Hi, Pam. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Bob. Robert. <laughs> bus driver. <laughs> I tried, Robert. I tried not to call you bus driver this morning. But it's good to have you all here. Good to have everybody else here, too. Listen, guys, we got some stuff. We got some work to do. This whole week, I've been looking at the world outside. I've been following around the neighborhoods and walking around town and going out into the streets. You know what I found out? There's a lot of work to do out there. A lot of work to do. And whose job is it to do the work? Ours. So let's get ready for it, okay? Let's see if I can see. Not with those. Aha. Had to get the right power. Let's go, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I ask that you bless the reading of the word today, Father. Let us read. Let us get reunited with you and see what's going on in our lives. Watch over us as we go through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. <sighs> Probably going to have an echo again. Hopefully not. Uh, this morning, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, actually, chapter 13, I'm sorry. I'm reading the top of the page, and it says Hebrews 12, but it's actually 13. This is probably old news to most of y'all. It's probably something that you already know, but I can't always guarantee you that you do it. So we're going to read Hebrews 13 today. We're going to, we're going to dissect this a little bit. Y'all ready? Say amen. amen. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so, by so doing, some have unwittingly encountered angels. Remember the prisoner as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. 
Marriage is an honorable among all in the bed unfulfilled. But with fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Let your contact, conduct be without covenancy to be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we boldly say, Y'all ready for what we boldly say? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I'm going to stop there for just a minute because what can man do to you? I mean, really, what can man do to you? Oh, we can get whooped. We can get beat up on. We can get scorned. We can get our feelings hurt. But how long does that really last? It's temporary, isn't it? We don't have that thing of, I don't know a man alive that can permanently injure me. I really don't. And I'm not saying that because I'm mean or bad or anything else. But he cannot permanently injure me. If he kills me, he hadn't hurt me. Because I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ says, if I die today, I'm going to heaven. There's no pain in that. There's no sorrow in that, is there? So what can man really do to me? What can I do to other people? What can I do to other people? As a Christian... What should I do with other people? What I need to be doing is sharing the Word of God, sharing the story of Christ dying on the cross. And then there's something else I need to be doing. I need to be showing them how to live an abundant, joyful life. Now, I know I've preached on this a lot here lately about us being good people and us doing our job. I don't know why God keeps bringing this into my heart to keep preaching this. It may be somebody ain't getting it. Or maybe I ain't getting it all. I don't know. But I know this. God, in his wisdom and in his divinity that he is, tells us how to live. His instructions are all through this book of how we are supposed to live. Do we study it? Do we read it? Do we do it enough? Evidently not. Evidently not because we all have days when we show out, don't we? Am I right? I mean, we show the real side of us sometimes, don't we? That side of us that we're not proud of. Or, well, maybe we're, maybe some of us are. I don't know. Maybe some people are proud of that side of them. I can't answer that for you. I can answer it for me. I don't like the world to see the old JR. I don't like to see that violent side of me. I don't like to see that hateful side of me. I don't even like to see that stingy side. Because sometimes during my life, I was pretty stingy.
It was all about me. Everything was about me. But then God got in my heart. God came into my life. And when He entered into my life, my old ways didn't feel so good no more. Things I used to think didn't fit no more. Am I telling y'all this for a reason? Yes, I am. Because the Bible says that I am to die of my flesh and be born again of the Spirit. Okay, can I die of my flesh and be born again of the Spirit and still live the same way I've always lived? It don't work. Because my Spirit is not that geared for that. My spirit is geared to praise God and to love God with all my mind, body, and soul. So if I'm doing the fleshly thing, after I've accepted Christ, what happens? Well, the book tells me that if I don't be obedient to the Word of God, He'll blot me from the book of life. Now, I don't know what that means to y'all. But when God says he will blot you from the book of life, that means he's taking your name off the roll of heaven. And I don't know about you, but that's something I don't want to face. It took me a long time to get my name in that book. I sure don't want it blotted out because I'm hard-headed or hard-hearted or stubborn or just not listening. So when he tells me, Things like, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know what? The, the, really, the only man I fear, you know who the man I fear the most is? No. Me. Me. I fear me more than I do anybody else on this planet. Because I'm the one that makes the decisions of what I let bother me. I'm the one that makes the decision on how I act around other people. I'm the one that makes the decision whether I get up in the morning joyful that God raised me out of the bed again. It's me that makes that decision. So I'm more afraid of myself than I am any man on this planet. I can do more damage to myself than anybody else can. But I can also do more good for myself than anybody else can. Because I can turn my life over totally to God. I can allow God to make decisions for me. I can make my decision whether I want to follow God's rules or not. Now, I know a lot of y'all think that's called free choice. But it's not free choice. There's a word for it, but free choice is not it. The word is disobedience. It's disobedient because God tells us how to live. You remember when you were kids and mom and daddy tell you what you could and couldn't do? And then when you did them, what happened? When you did things mom and daddy told you not to do, what happened? 
You got my age. My age group. We got a whooping. There wasn't no timeout. There wasn't no. Oh, he. It's just making him a better character. No, my mom and daddy believed this. When my daddy told me to do something once, I better do it the first time he told me because if he had to tell me the second time, I was going to do it. But I was also going to do it in pain. I had a counselor one time for David that was talking to us about David, and he'll probably kill me for this, but that's all right. He was misbehaving, cutting up and everything. We went to a counselor, and the counselor said, now, you can't be yelling at him, and you can't be spanking him, and you can't be doing all this. I looked at her, and I said, do you see him? At 16 years old, he was a foot taller than me and outweighed me by 100 pounds. I had to keep control of him. You know why? He'd have took control of me. To this day, that big boy sits back there in that corner, I tell him to do something. Yes, sir. No, that's when I ask him to do something. <laughs> but reality to it is this, guys. If I'm capable of loving my son that much, how much more is God capable of loving you? He's going to take care of you. He's going to watch over you. Yes, there are things that go on in this world that I don't like. There's a lot of things that goes on in this world I don't like. But what if I try to fix it? What if I go to those people and tell them how bad they are? Or how bad they're acting? Or do things to try to make them change? I might walk away with a black eye. I might walk away with a gunshot in my gut. Or I might not walk away at all. But see, I have a weapon that they don't know about. I have a weapon that they don't know about. His name is Jesus Christ. And He stands before me, He goes before me, and He does what I, what I ask Him to do for me. So fix it. God, fix these people. Well, how do I make them fix? How do I make them do it? I just gave them to God. So what's my responsibility now? Let go of it. Get over it. Suck it up, buttercup. Build a bridge. All those sayings that I say, build a bridge, suck it up, buttercup, and get over it. Because God has got it. And if God's got it, what could I possibly do <laughs> Charlie, go sit down. That boy has no filter whatsoever. Kind of like much of y'all in here. But, but I love every one of you. Wouldn't trade you for another one just like you. Thank God. <laughs> but... <laughs> we got to keep going here, guys. And this is verse 7, y'all ain't going to like. Remember those who rule over you, who has spoken the word of God to you, whose faith, whose faith 
follow considering the outcome of their conduct. Christ Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Our Congress ain't the same every day, is it? Our president ain't the same every day. Our mayor ain't the same every day. Our president of our motorcycle groups aren't the same every day. But who is the same every day? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He never changes. And you know what that means? You all really know what that means? He, he ain't going to change to suit my wants. <laughs> he ain't going to change to suit my mood. He's not going to change to to set me where he where I want to be. He's not going to fold to me, is he? Because see, Jesus can't fold. It ain't in his card game to fold. He holds all the cards. Y'all don't want to hear that, do you? He's the boss. He's the he is the creator's son. He controls us all the time, right? Hmm. That's a loaded question, isn't it? He don't control us all the time, does he? We're supposed to allow him to control us all the time. And we should let him control us all the time. But we have that other thing inside of us. No. Nope. There is no free will. I'm going to preach this until I turn blue in the face. There is no such thing as free will after you accept Christ. Because free will is the will to go either with God or without God. That's the only choice we have. Once we make a decision to follow Christ, and we turn Him into our lives, and we become Him living inside of us, we no longer have free will. It ain't free no more. Jesus said, let your will be done, not mine. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it better be good enough for you. It ain't your choice to sin anymore. Not your choice to do what you want to do anymore. It's God's Word in you that should be coming out. How you act should be a direct reflection. Reflection is what I'm trying to say. A direct reflection of Christ's life. Because you don't belong to you no more. You belong to Him. His thoughts, His ways, His demeanor, the way He handled problems, the way He counseled others. Are you all ready for this? The way He loved you is how you're supposed to love others. I know y'all have heard all this before, right? This is not a new story to y'all. But it's a story that we need to be refreshed on every once in a while. Do not be carried about with vigorous and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace. Not with food which not profit those who have been occupied with them. We have an altar from which these who serve 
the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the body of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, sacrificed, suffered, not sacrificed, he did sacrifice, but he suffered outside of the gates. Did y'all hear that? He didn't suffer inside the city, did he? He didn't suffer inside the tabernacle. They took him outside to do the work. Is there a reason for that? Sin. We don't want sin in here, do we? Do we? Then y'all get up and get out. Because there's sin in here right now. The devil puts on his best clothes and comes to church every Sunday. The devil dresses up to come in here. It's up to us to recognize the devil's stuff or recognize God's stuff. And how do I know if I'm serving God or the devil? How do I know? Read the Word. Read the Bible. Study the Word of God. Go to Bible study. Go to classes. Learn everything you can learn about the Word of God and what it applies to your life. And then here's the really hard part of this. You can learn all of it. You can go to seminary and get a degree. You can get a doctor's degree in it. But until you apply it to your life, it has no effect. You hear me? You have to apply what you learn to your life. How many times have y'all heard me say, I can go sit in the garage all day long and don't make me a car? You've got to put something into it, guys. God did the work for you, right? He did the dying for you. Do you accept that? Do you really accept it? Or you say you do, and then whatever else he said don't matter. He died for your sins. That's all that counts, right? Accept him as Lord and Savior. That's all you have to do. That's all you got to do is accept him as Lord and Savior. You're going to heaven. Does it really say that? Can you find me anywhere in there that it says that? You can find verses that say that no matter what I do, he won't separate him from his, I can't be separated from his love. You're getting deep, Mandy. That's that's my girl. She's getting deep. Listen, listen, guys. I want you to pay strict attention to this because what I'm fixing to say may change your life forever. You ready? Knowing who Christ is is not enough. You know how I know it's not enough? 
The devil knows who Christ is. The demons in the, in the cemetery, when Christ came ashore, and the man possessed by the legion of demons knew who Christ was. He called him out by name and said, did you come here to kill me? Christ said, shut up. It's not my time yet. He said, well, don't kill me. Cast me into the herd of pigs. Okay, you're in the herd of pigs. The pig said, I don't want this. I'm out of here. Jumped off the cliff and drowned. You know why they drowned? Because pigs can't swim. <laughs> but they knew they didn't want that demon inside of them. And if a pig's got enough sense to know he don't want any demons inside of him, why do you still carry your demons around? Why do you allow demons to come into your life? Why don't you get them, them demons out of your life? See, there's only one way to get a demon out. You've got to cast him out in the name of Jesus. In order to cast him out in the name of Jesus, first off, you've got to know who Jesus is. Not only know who he is, you've got to know who he is. How many of y'all actually know who Jesus is? How many of y'all actually believe that Jesus can do all things? How many of y'all believe you can do all things through Christ who loves you? Oh, J.R., I can't change. I don't have... I, I've done so much stuff in my life, I can't change who I am. I can't stop doing that. I can't stop drinking. I can't stop doing them drugs. I can't stop this. I can't stop... My Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not through J.R. who strengthens Christ. It's Christ who strengthens me. If you ain't got that strength, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it if you don't have the strength? Ours. Yours. Is it your pastor's fault? No. Is it your deacon's fault? How about your wife's fault? How about your husband's fault? Whose fault is it? It's your fault. Well, I don't know what to do. Read the book, go to church, go to Bible studies, get on the phone and call somebody and say, what do I do in this situation? And then, well, that comes with it too. I don't like that thing, go pray about it first. I shouldn't even have to tell you to go pray about it first. I shouldn't have to tell you your life needs to be wrapped up in prayer. You ought to know that by now. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you. But if I don't know what to pray about, and I don't know who to pray to, and I don't know what to ask for, how am I going to know to ask? i got to learn what this book says, and i got to learn how to apply this book to my life, and i got to learn how to apply the Word of God to me, and then I'll know how to pray to know how to ask God to fix it. Do y'all know how many promises are in this book? Do you? There's 168 promises that's written in here. Do you know them? Is that how you know what to ask for? How many things in here tells us how we should live? How many words in this book tells us how we should live our lives? From page one, 
I'm trying to look it up here, to page 1729 pages full of what I should know and what I got to learn. How long is it going to take me to learn all this? <laughs> and you still won't know because when you think you know what the Word says, go back and read it again it'll say something else. Because it lit, it is the living Word. Y'all hear me? Y'all hear what I said? It's the living Word. Who's the Word for? The living. Who's the dead? Unbelievers. I got a patch on my vest that says, read the Bible to scare the hell out of you. Only if you know who God is. Only if you've heard enough about Christ to know anything about it. Because, see, I also read another passage in there that says, faith comes from hearing of the Word. Where do you hear the Word at? 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas is a good place. But there's other places to learn it too. Your car radio, your telephone, your Bible, your neighbor, your brother and sister. And I ain't talking about your siblings. I said your brothers and sisters. And Christ himself. There's lots of ways to learn. Thousands of ways. But the one thing is you gotta make some you gotta make a decision. Do I believe in Christ enough to trust him? Do I believe that he's the Son of God? That he was born on this earth as a virgin? That's a miracle in itself, isn't it? That's miraculous in itself. And he lived thirty three years on this earth without a single blemish. That's even harder to believe, ain't it? And then he went to a beating post. It was beaten for your sicknesses, your transition, transgressions. He took the beating that you deserve. He took it on himself. And after he was beat half to death, they took him back into court again. Double dignity didn't apply back then, evidently. Because they retried him again. And his own people. Listen to what I'm saying. His own people convicted him again. And he was taken to the cross. And he was nailed to that cross where he gave up his life. They didn't take it. He gave it up. And then they buried him in the tomb. But he'd already told them, in three days I'm coming back. They didn't believe him. But on the third day when they went to anoint his body, where, where was he? He was risen. And you know what's even worse than that? The people that saw him didn't recognize him. How many of y'all sometimes in your life go through some bad stuff and you're asking God to be there with you and you don't recognize him when he is? Too often in our lives, people. Too often we ask God's help, but we don't recognize it when He comes. 
We need to we need to adjust ourselves, don't we? We need to adjust our attitudes. We need to adjust the way we think. That adjustment starts first with accepting Christ for who He is. You see, without accepting for who He is, you can't have anything else. It's up to you whether you want Him or not. That's your free will. That's the only free will you have. Do I want Christ in my life or not? <clears throat> For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore let us go forth to him outside. Y'all hear me? Outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one who came. Therefore, by Him, let us constantly offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for which sacrifice God is well pleased. What did you just say? What did you just tell us to do? Did he tell us to sit in here in his nice, comfortable, air-conditioned room in these comfy little chairs and just sit here and worship him all day? He said, go outside the camp. Where's outside the camp? Anywhere outside of these walls. How far should we be willing to go? As far as he leads us. I know some of y'all in here that ain't a problem. Some of y'all go 150 miles to serve God. Some of you go 1,000 miles to serve God. But is there some of y'all that won't go 50 feet? Is there some of y'all that, well, I can't do that. I don't have time. Or I can't do that. It's too hot. I can't do that because I got this going on. Aren't you glad, Jesus, on the day that he went to the cross, the night he was arrested, didn't look at his father and say, hey, God, I got something. I know you got something for me to do. I know you got a job for me that I got to do. But, you know, man, they're having a shindig down here at this place, and I really want to go. I really want to be there for it. You know, or... You know, when they drive those nails into my wrist, my hands, and my feet, that's going to hurt really bad. And I'm not going to like that beating at all. Can we talk about that part? Because, you know, I really don't want to take 39 lashes from that guy. Have you seen him? He ain't no little feller. And that whip he's got is not made of satin. You know, this ain't really what I want to do. 
But you know what, God? I know what your will for me is. I know that you've appointed me this job. I know that you've called me to do this. This is probably what I was even created for. This is the job you gave me. And because I love you so much, I'm just going to do it. Let your will be done. Not mine. Are you willing today, right now, to put down your personal I wants, I needs, your personal plans, and follow God's plan? Are you willing to lay your life down for God the way He laid His life down for you? The Bible says that we have to die of our flesh and be born again. Our flesh wants pleasure, don't it? Our flesh wants money and greed and adultery, fornication. Our, our, our body wants to dress the way we want to dress, live the way we want to live, be who we want to be, do what we want to do when we want to do it. But our spirit belongs to God. And God wants our spirit doing the right thing all the time. Are you willing today, as a follower of Christ, are you willing to follow Christ no matter where He takes you? Or what He takes you to do? Are you willing to change what you think is right for what He knows is right? Are you willing to stop putting other things before God? That's a big problem, isn't it? We like to put other things before we put our church. We like to put other things before we put God. We like to do what we like to do when we like to do it. Even if it interferes with our work that God has given us. Which one are you choosing today? Are you choosing to be a follower of Christ? Are you going to be a follower of yourself? Are you going to make decisions for God today? Are you going to make decisions about what you want? Like I've said a thousand times, it ain't about you, boo-boo. It's about God. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Today, you need to understand something. Christ died on the cross for you. That you would have eternal life. God wrote a book to give you instructions on how you're supposed to live. He showed you the right things to do. He even shows in his books the wrong things for you to do. So if you can't figure out the right stuff, at least figure out what the wrong stuff is. Okay? Start living for Christ the way he lived for you. He gave it all where you could have it all. He gave you everything He had. Are you willing to give Him everything you have? Are you willing to stand up and say, I got to do better?
going to live better. If that's you today in this house, or under the sound of my voice anywhere, and you know you need to do better, I suggest you do like somebody said earlier. Get on your knees and talk to God. Get it worked out. And if you've got to work out the salvation thing, you've never accepted Christ your Lord and Savior, and you think you got it, you're all that in a bag of chips, let me tell you something, you ain't got nothing. Until you accept Christ, the only thing you have is a ticket to hell. I know I ain't supposed to tell you that, right? But I'm not supposed to do a lot of things I do. Because it's politically incorrect. But I'm telling you right now, you need to be born again through Christ Jesus. And then you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you need to start living for what God tells you to do. And if you're not willing to do that, then don't complain when God don't do things for you. Because if you're not willing to give 100% to Him, what does He owe you? So if you're in this room today, or in the sound of my voice, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's no better time than right now. Right now, give your life to Christ. And then start living your life for God the way God told you to. You make a decision in the next few minutes. Barbara, go ahead and play some more music real soft for us. Instrumental if you got it. That way you can't have to worry about copyrights. Listen to me, folks. Today can be a life-changing day for you. This moment can change your life for eternity. Don't rush out of here. Don't worry about your stomach growling. It ain't lunchtime yet. It's only 11. I don't know what time it is at clock in the rack. Whatever time it is, don't be worrying about the time. Because you got plenty of time. If you don't have plenty of time, make time for God right now. Just a couple of minutes. Just a moment to figure out. Am I saved? Am I washed in the blood of Christ? Do I know Jesus as my personal Savior? Do I have a relationship with Him? Am I willing to sacrifice all I have for Him? If this fits your criteria this morning and you need Jesus, raise your hand. Raise your hand up near and say, J.R., I, I thought I had Christ. In my brain, I knew who He was. But my heart's hurting. I'm anguishing right now. Because I don't know if I really had Him or not. But I want to make sure I do. I want Jesus in my life, for sure. I don't care if you've done it 20 times or 50 times. If you 
really feel like you need Jesus right now for the first time, I want you to say, I want you to say so. Say, God, I'm a sinner. I have sinned against you. I have not been living for you the way I should. And I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. And I will give my life to you. All the way. Let it resonate for a second. Check in your own spirit of what you need. And I'm going to talk to my blood-soaked, blood-covered brothers and sisters. Are you really, really, really living the way God called you to live? Are you really doing what He asked you to do? Have you put Him first in everything you do? Whether it feels good or not, you put Him first. If you don't, ask Him for help to do so. Because see, He won't leave you hanging on that cross by yourself. He will be there all the time. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you for this day that we've had. I thank you for the teaching that you've given us. Father, I thank you for each person in this room that has listened to the word this morning. I thank you to people outside of this room that's heard it. Father, my prayer is that someone somewhere had a life encounter with you and they gave their life to you this morning. Father, I also pray that my brothers and sisters in Christ heard something that will give them the courage and the power to stand on their feet and praise your name. Father, go with us now as we leave here. Take care of us. Watch over us. Bring us back again safely into your house. We thank you and we give you praise. And everybody that agrees says, Amen. Mamanos.